Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So fake. Fake <laughs> <laughs> it till you make it. Better. Liar, liar, pants on you. Fire. You're wearing pants, right? Yes. I'm glad you had checked. Thank you for checking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am in my house. I wasn't judging. I was just checking to make sure. Because <laughs> I called you liar, liar, pants on fire. And if you're not wearing pants, I'd have to change it to like shirt on fire or something. I have a shirt on too. I, well, I can see that. Oh, you just can't see my pants. I can't see your bottom half. And that's okay. okay. You ready? Kay. Ready. Okay. Oh, hey guys. I'm Ke- Oh, okay. You good? You good, bro? Hey guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. Alright you guys, so our case today is from May 24th, 1994. How are we pronouncing this last guy's last name? Goodenas? Goodenas? I thought it was Goodenas. Goodinas? Okay. Works for me. That sounds much better than Goodinas. <laughs> I don't know why, but like when I read it in my head, that's how I, that's how I pronounced it in my head. <laughs> I mean, Goodinas. It works. Goodinas. Okay. So Thomas Goodinas was born in Massachusetts on February 27th, 1974. His mother, Karen Goldwaith, claims she had a difficult pregnancy and that beginning as an infant thomas suffered from health problems what she didn't say but later was testified to at trial was that she abused dr- drugs and alcohol while she was pregnant with pregnant with thomas as a child he had issues controlling his anger and by the time he was six he was being psychologically evaluated after that his mother apparently tried to get help for him from the massachusetts division of youth services They told her that he would be better in a long-term residential treatment center, but she never sent him. He had 105 placements with the Department of Youth Services that were for detention, but he didn't receive any kind of treatment while he was in these services. So I saw that where he was had 105 placements but i didn't understand what they meant by that so i didn't really either so apparently it's like you use not to sound like uh schmidt from new girl use um who are detained by the court or charged with something they're placed with the department of youth services until the next court date so it's sort of i guess sort of like um almost like foster care yeah kind of but it's just specifically for kids and and just until the next court date, I guess. So I don't know. I think juvenile detention, okay. you're detained, and that's just where you go until your sentence is up. This is just until the next court date. I don't know what the difference is. And then also, like a juvenile detention, they've been found guilty and they're sentenced to DYS. Okay. So, yeah. But apparently he had fi- actually 15 different programs he was placed in over 100 times. I don't know what the programs are or anything like that, but he was receiving no treatment. It was just punishment. So instead of receiving treatment, Thomas began using drugs and alcohol at a very early age. His sister, Michelle, made several claims that Thomas was abused as a child by their father. And I do want to say that this was later substantiated by his aunt, um, Ellen Evans. And it was, according to her, it was worse than what was testified to by Michelle. But Michelle said she remembers a specific incident where their father burned Thomas's hand on the stove on purpose as a punishment for Thomas playing with matches and setting the rug on fire. She also remembers another incident where he made Thomas stand outside in the snow with a sign reading, I will not wet the bed while wearing only his underwear. 
Another time, she says their dad, quote, slapped him around because they were playing near the lake when they weren't supposed to. Thomas only finished school until the fourth grade, although he did later get his GED. In the state of Massachusetts, Thomas had quite the record. Burglary of an automobile, assault, theft, assault with intent to rape, indecent assault, and battery and assault and battery. At some point, Thomas moved from Massachusetts to Florida, although it's not clear when or why. So this kid was troubled. So how do you only go to the fourth grade, though? Legally, now you can't. All right, so he was born in 74, so this would have been like, what, 84? So it's not like it was the 1930s. Well, I guess what they could, they said no formal education. So I guess technically she could say, or they could say that he was being homeschooled. Oh. But some parents do that and they do, I was about to say, some parents do that and they do a really great job. Some parents do it as a way to not have to teach their kids anything. And it's hard and it's, it's really sad. And it seems like Thomas was just doomed. I mean, it doesn't excuse what he does, but he, he was just doomed. Y'all take care of your kids, please. On the night of May 23rd, 1994, 20-year-old Thomas Gudinas and two of his roommates decided to go out for the night to downtown Orlando, Florida. Before leaving, they pre-gamed with a few drinks and some weed. They arrived at the infamous Bar- Barbarella's. What? Don't laugh. They arrived at the infamous Barbarella's between 8.30 and 9 p.m. They continued to drink at the bar and they periodically went out to the car to smoke some more weed. And while I was writing this, do you remember? drinking like going downtown and getting to the parking lot and drinking for like an hour to get super drunk before we went in no i don't remember getting super drunk shut your dirty mouth (laughs) oh sorry um (laughs) (laughs) no but really we didn't get super drunk like the whoever wasn't driving would get super drunk (laughs) like whoever's turn it was to drive but whoever's turn it was to drive Um, would have like maybe two drinks and then go dance for three hours and then be fine in the car accident, we had to get all the alcohol out the car. And right? You hide it in your room. And I was totally sober. I hadn't had anything to drink. Those drinks in the club were expensive, though, dude. Anywho. Anyways. Along with everyone else in the nightclub, there was a woman named Rochelle Smith and her fiancé. They arrived around 11, 11.30 p.m. And around 1 p.m., Thomas's roommate, nope. Todd Gates. Nope. Not 1 p.m. <laughs> That's a totally different time. One... Oh. <laughs> Around 1 a.m., uh-huh. Thomas's roommate, <laughs> whatever time it was, I don't know, the time, Me- the place, and the stuff. Meanwhile, all our foreign listeners are like, if y'all would just go to a 24-hour clock. <laughs> right? <laughs> At, around, around 1 a.m., Thomas's roommate, Todd, oh my God, okay. Around 1 a.m., Thomas's roommate, Todd Gates, said that he couldn't find Thomas anywhere and they ended up leaving without him when the bar closed at 3 a.m. Rochelle and her fiance decided to leave around 2 a.m. Rochelle went out to the parking lot to get the car while her fiance stayed inside and was saying goodbye to friends. Heading to the car, she got a little lost and ended up in the wrong parking lot. Same. Here's where she first... What? I have a real problem with her going out to the dark parking lot by herself at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean... It's hard to say. I only say this because how when you and I would go out, like we never left each other's, each other's sight. Like, uh-huh. Right? But, and this is just, I don't know why. There Now that I think about it, there's no reason for it. But like if Ryan and I went somewhere and he wanted to stay, in, stay inside and say goodbye to his friends, for some reason, I feel safe going out to the car by myself. Yeah, don't do that, please. No, but I'm just saying because he's there, it's just, does that make sense, though? Not at all. No, I really don't. (laughs) 
Because you're going away with a door and a loud cub and in dark parking lot at night, and you're a woman and men suck. I. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I would not be out somewhere at 3 a.m. nowadays. Well, you would but. if you got up before. <laughs> you want an early morning jaunt after having already been to bed. Oh, 3 a.m. Where's my coffee? It's good sleep. Been asleep since Probably 7 o'clock. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's just the best way that I can explain it. It's that even though if I'm with him somewhere, even though he's not like in the room with me or whatever or with like physically with me right there i feel safe because he's there i know that sounds stupid but i'm well, sure it, that there are people it, that agree with me i mean i or understand i get it but you're not okay. safer so don't do that no i <laughs> okay i know that. i know 100 percent. i know that i'm just saying that's just how it feels so head into the car she got a little lost and ended up in the wrong parking lot here's where she first encountered thomas crouching behind another car in the parking lot she quickly made her way to the correct parking lot, found her car, and immediately got in and locked the door. She looked into one of the outside car mirrors and realized she had been followed by the man she saw in the other parking lot. He tried to open the passenger car door. Then he crouched down, came around to the driver's side, and tried to open that door. When she wouldn't open the doors, Thomas began screaming, quote, I want to fuck you. After covering his hand with his sweatshirt, he began trying to bust open the window. Thinking quickly, Rochelle began blowing the car horn, and it's scare thomas away who does that he uh just no just all 100 percent no i'd like to unsubscribe no thank you no right like uh no this is if you want to do that that's not how you do this i just there's something you didn't that, even bring me a snack <laughs> there's something not working right in his brain that that it doesn't work that way bro like no <laughs> just no just no. no my answer is no no, thank you. Go oh. away, sir. Go All right. Away, sir. <laughs> okay. If only, if only that's how it worked. No, thank you. Go away, please. Okay, you have a great day, ma'am. And he just went home and took a nap. Bye. If only. A while later, around 2.45 a.m., Michelle McGrath was seen leaving Barbarella's and was heading for her car that was parked in the wrong parking lot that Rochelle had gone to earlier. She was never seen again. Between 4 and 5 a.m., Colbert Presley found a bundle of clothes and a set of keys next to what was later found out to be Michelle's car. At 7 a.m., Presley encountered Thomas walking down the sidewalk when Thomas saw him holding the car keys. Thomas said, those look like my keys. I've been looking for them all morning. Presley handed over the keys after Thomas gave him $50 in exchange. Guys, don't do that. I mean, no. <laughs> 50 bucks is 50 bucks. But those were Michelle's keys. How did he know? He didn't know they were his. He did. That's when but... you cover them up and you make them identify something on it. Okay, so tell me what keychains. How many keys are on here? Well, find some kind of identifying feature. Make them identify it. Otherwise, they could. He could have used those. What if it was the keys to her, like her house and he took them to get into her house? Is fifty dollars enough I mean... to clear your conscience? It's not. I know you. So no, it would not. It would not. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Fifty bucks, and he's like, "Hey, those are my keys." Like, okay, this dude knows that he lost keys. No, he knows you've got keys in your hand. Yeah, but how did they know they, how did Thomas know they weren't Presley's keys? You know I, what I mean? I would just have made him a, taste like, like we do if you find keys at a, at a store like or a the wall, library. Yeah. Yes. I know, but. What kind of keychains okay. on here? What kind of keys are on here? Y'all don't just take it for keys to strangers. Around 7.30 a.m., Jane Brand, who was an employee at the nearby Pace School, arrived at work. She noticed a man inside the gated area of the school. 
She later described him as about 18 years old with short brown hair and wearing dark, loose-fitting shorts and a loose shirt. She told him he couldn't be there and he ran off, jumping a fence leading to the alley. A few minutes after the encounter, Jane heard a loud crash in the alley and went to investigate. This is when she discovered Michelle's body. She was naked except for her bra that was pushed up over her breasts. Jane was able to notify Officer Chisari, a police officer on bicycle patrol. At the same time, he was being notified by Colbert Presley of the clothes and keys found in Michelle's abandoned car. Presley told Officer Chisari that he had given it to, quote, that guy and pointed to Thomas, who was seen getting into a red Geo Metro and driving away. Luckily, Presley at least wrote down the license plate number. Why didn't the cop write that down? Right? <laughs> I, I don't. What? <laughs> he had a coffee in one hand and a donut in the other. He <laughs> Hey, dude, write down that, that license plate. <laughs> Presley was like, it'll cost you 50 bucks. All right. <laughs> Look, Presley's hustling, okay? Look, look. I kind of like him. <laughs> At least he went and told the police, like, I gave this dude these keys. Right? I'm yeah. not sure now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. The car that thomas got into was michelle's car and it was recovered at the holiday club apartments around 7 p.m that night thomas's apartment was less than half a mile away so he drove it back to michelle's house no he drove it to an apartment yeah an apartment parking lot that was sort of near to his place so i guess he could walk home oh so just like random place you just like a random place so they wouldn't connect it until he could get away as far as i could tell the medical examiner, Dr. Hegert, said Michelle's cause of death was a brain hemorrhage resulting from blunt force injuries to the head, probably inflicted by a stomping type blow from a boot. Ugh. Right? I just can't. He found severe cerebral edema and determined that Michelle died within an hour after the fatal injury to her head. An hour. Oh, God, this part. Yeah. He found defensive wounds on one of her hands. He also found a broken stick that was inserted two inches into her vagina and another stick that was inserted about three inches into her rectum. He also determined that she had been vaginally and anally penetrated by something other than the sticks as indicated by trauma to her cervix. Poor Michelle. Jesus Christ. Poor Michelle. I just, that poor, poor woman. Uh, mm. Hitting your cervix hurts enough. Like, just that alone. (sighs) Okay. Her blood alcohol content level was 0.17% at the time. And he said she died somewhere between 3 and 5 a.m. Vaginal swabs were done and semen was found. Fingerprints were also able to be taken from a gate in the alley and on the loan payment book inside of her car. After police sketches, photo lineups, DNA tests, and fingerprint comparisons, Thomas was arrested. On July 15, 1994, he was indicted on the following. One count of attempted burglary with an assault. One count of attempted sexual battery. Two counts of sexual battery. And one count of first degree murder. All of Thomas's roommates testified that when they all returned from Barbarella's, Thomas wasn't there. He returned later that day between 8.30 and 9 a.m. with blood on his underwear and scratches on his knuckles. He claimed he had gotten into a fight with two black men. I mean, always. It's always, always. two black dudes. Yep, always. always. That tried to rob him, quote unquote. They, the, they assumed the blood on his underwear was from sex and they proceeded to ask if it was good or not. His response was, quote, I killed her, then I fucked her. Okay, first of all, I don't know about everybody else, but I rarely bleed having sex. Is that like a normal thing? Especially enough to get on his underwear. Right. Like I can understand like maybe some light spotting or something. 
if it's been a while sure. or it was a little enthusiastic like i get that but sure not enough to get on his underwear not enough to be like bro like where is that blood coming is he from? just strutting around the apartment in bloody underwear ew ew i don't know and i mean what is up with the the, the roommate what did the, i wonder what the roommate's response were to his answer with oh nice My- job bro <laughs> Because if I remember correctly, two of the roommates were his cousins. Two of the roommates were his cousins. It's yeah. like five of them living in the house. I thought it was four. It doesn't my, matter. Two of them were their cousins. They were a bunch of bros. My only assumption is when he says, like, I killed her, like... They meant, like, because it was so good or something like that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's my only assumption. And then them being dudes and being like, oh... That's it. That's all I got. I like I'm your dude impression. It was very good. Thank you. <laughs> uh. And we're talking about their reaction because I can't think about what happened to Michelle because it's, it's too much. It's, it's just too much. She was 27 years old and she was a homecoming queen from high school. I know. I saw that. <sighs> All right. On May 4th, 1995, the jury made up of six women and six men returned it a returned a verdict of guilty on all five counts and on may 8th the penalty phase began he was sentenced to death by a vote of 10 to 2 for the murder of michelle mcgrath once again we're in florida i feel like we've been in florida a lot um <laughs> that's where all the things happen so this is someone born in florida florida do better all right so the state identified three statutory aggravators one the defendant had been convicted of a prior violent felony Two, the murder was committed during the commission of a sexual battery. And three, the murder was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel. It was also during the penalty phase of the trial that it was revealed that Thomas had attempted to sexually assault his sister when he was younger. She denied it at the time of the trial, but a police officer was called who testified that she had once reported the sexual assault. So she reported it when she was younger, and then when it came time to trial, she said it didn't happen. Also, later during his appeal, Thomas claimed ineffective assistance of counsel. He said that his lawyer should have called his aunt, Ellen Evans, to testify on his behalf. His counsel said that they couldn't have called his aunt because it would have canceled out his mother's testimony because, quote, the aunt's testimony was especially critical of and damaging to the mother's character. So that I actually desperately disagree with because we don't care about the mother's character. Right. But if she is a witness or if she's a character witness for him then having her character bashed could reflect badly upon him. Does that make sense? Yeah, but her testimony wasn't that, oh, he's really, he's he's being misunderstood. Her testimony was like, he had a crap childhood. They, I never got him treatment. So I feel like the aunt saying that his mother was on drugs and that him and her and um, his dad had a very violent and um, tempestuous relationship. Yeah, I feel like of, it would have been yeah. more. So I actually really yeah. disagree with that. So he also complained that they called his sister because it meant the jury would hear about his alleged sexual assault of her, which don't do it and won't be talked about, but okay. Um, he also claimed that the prosecutor prejudiced the jury by claiming that he hated women. Um, I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I think uh, Rochelle and Michelle would both think that you hate women. Like, and obviously. sister. And just, well, the other Michelle, his sister Michelle. Um, obviously his appeals were ineffective and Thomas is still sitting on death row. So I want to talk about this as I dug because this bothers me i think that he did this but so the dna from the saliva and the semen wasn't tested what yeah it it wasn't tested and he apparently has been trying to get it tested and they won't let him i have a why i don't know i have a real problem with that yeah so i read a thing that said he wanted uh um a move to get it tested in 2003 but i couldn't 
like I just found that in one place and I couldn't find anything about results or if that actually happened or if it was overturned or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the semen and the saliva found on her body was never tested. The They found a um, t-shirt in Thomas's apartment and I'm calling him Thomas. I, I usually call him by their last name, but I'm calling him as Thomas because I'm struggling with his last name. They found um, a t-shirt in Thomas's apartment that had blood on it and they tested that blood and they said that it, it was the thing where they didn't say it was definitively Michelle's, but it, it could have been Michelle's. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with that. Like the fingerprints and stuff, that was still there. But the right. fingerprints on the car just proved that he took her car. Right. The fingerprint on the like latch to the parking lot just proves he was in the parking lot. Right. Like I said, I think he did it. Sure. But test the DNA, you know? So I don't, I don't know. It I mean, bothers this me. This was 94, so they probably didn't. Yeah, they should definitely do it now. Yeah. Apparently, he's and, currently I mean, trying to get it tested. So if he wants him, but here, here's the thing, too. Like, if he's trying to get it tested, if it was him and he knows it was him, what would he get out of that? You know what I'm saying? Well, he gets a longer time till some actually goes through the death sentence. Uh, so he's just trying so to. So it, it could be that he's just trying to procrastinate, or it could be that he saw her with someone earlier. You know what I mean? She could have been hooking up with somebody in the parking lot. No shade. Like, you do you, boo. Right. But he could say, like, it could be his, like, maybe it's another person's DNA there, too. And he could say, well, it wasn't me, because look, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Like I said, I think it was him, but I do wonder why they're not getting the DNA tested. It bothers me. I think it's crappy they don't, that they won't do that. Yes, I agree. Hello, Adnan. <laughs> I bring him up every time. Uh, right. He just won the thing to get his DNA tested, though. So hopefully it comes in soon. But yeah, y'all, if y'all have DNA, test it. Just test it. <sighs> okay. Do all the testings. And this, did you? <sighs> <laughs> so I, researching this, I stumbled upon a blog, right? Mm-hmm. That this person writes or whatever. And they do the show on the case with Paula's on. Uh-huh. And so he'll watch like the episodes and then like, like write about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like a reviewer sort of of the of the episode. Okay, sure. Because I thought and Paula this- Zahn said this. I was like, excuse you, Miss Zahn. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was not Paula. This is from the guy that wrote the blog. Okay, and this was taken from the page. So it was an episode of that show where this case was covered, and I tried to watch it, but. It wasn't on anywhere. Like I could watch it on Amazon, but it was like two ninety nine, and I was like, "What, bro? Like, no, what?" Well, and apparently the case itself was recorded and streamed on Court TV, and I couldn't find any of that either. Of course so. not. Anyways, so, onto the blog. From the blog, quote, direct quote, direct quote from this trash human's blog. Quote. Also, if you subscribe to how the incident was presented dramatically, it seemed Michelle traveled alone. No groups, no girlfriends. And, darlings, you can say what you want, but she was dressed like a hooker. Leather jacket, skirt so short the breeze would pass through, and almost thigh-high boots with spikes. Now, if you want to dress like this, fine. But, if so, do not go about alone into deserted parking lots at night. I'm sorry. I can wear what I want and not expect to get assaulted. That's the way it should be, yes. Once again, this is taking the blame from the person who felt entitled to take control of another human being. Really? Really? Uh. Hi. Okay, if, if, if they think it's because of how women dress, how do they 
how do they justify children being sexually assaulted? Right? I, I, uh. People don't understand. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you go for these people. It's about control. And here's like a super hot take. Even if she's a sex worker, she doesn't deserve to be raped or killed. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. She had a le- she was wearing a leather jacket, a short skirt, and thigh high boots. She sounded like she looked hot. First of all, get it, girl. <laughs> right? That's why I'm like, yes, girl. Get it. <laughs> so there we go. Although thigh high boots in, in May in Florida? Her legs must have been sweating. <laughs> it was like 90 degrees when I was there in March. And the leather jacket. Yeah. This is how you can judge somebody's outfit, okay? Because it's the temperature. The <laughs> the temp- you're going to sweat the entire time. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> that is the only time you can judge someone's outfit is when you know they're going to get too hot and sweaty in it. That's it. That's the only time. But also, y'all wear what you want as long as you feel good about yourselves. But also, it's like 400 degrees in Florida all the time. <laughs> the humidity is 4,000%. So... Okay, let me just add that according to this person's logic, if you live in, like, Alaska, you should never, there should be no rapes, no assaults, no nothing in Alaska. Because how right? can you, quote, unquote, dress like a hooker when you're bundled up? Right? And we know that's not true because we covered a rape in Alaska already one time. Hey, yeah. So, not too long ago. Try this again, dude bro. sounds like an incel. Yay okay it's all right. okay. he just he just doesn't know how to attract women that's all okay give me a happy ending please okay so we have a lot of birthdays today yay and a couple birthday. of them i just included because they made me feel happy and because i had funny things to say or not funny things but interesting things to say okay so may 24th so 1743 john paul marat was born and he was like a freedom fighter in france at the time which i only know because he's mentioned in les mis and i included him because his eulogy do you know who gave his eulogy? The Marquis de Sade. The what now? The Marquis de Sade. Do you not know who the Mar- Marquis de Sade is? His <laughs> his name inspired... It like an owl. His name inspired the word sadism. He's... Look him up. What? I, how do you not know who this is? How are you in I a true can't. crime? How do you spell that? It's Marquis de Sade. M-A-R-Q-U-I-S space D-E. It's probably there. Space S-A-D-E. How are you in a true crime and you don't know who the Marquis de Sade is? You keep saying the Marquis de Sade. Yeah, Marquis is a title, like Duke or... Oh, I thought that was his... No, like Marquis de Lafayette. Yes. He's a French nobleman whose perverse sexual preferences and erotic writings gave rise to the term sadism. His best yes. known work is the novel Justine. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was rough. And I thought it was funny that... Not funny, but weird that... Marat's eulogy was given by the Marquis de Sade. Like, woof. Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just a lot. Wow. All right. Just a lot. All right. So then in 1819, Queen Victoria was born. Oh, yay. Um, okay. So then in 1938, Thomas Chong was born of Cheech and Chong. (laughs) So I didn't realize he was so old. Wait, 19 what? 38 bruh right i thought he was around my parents age yeah like he's super old it's still he's kicking 100 oh that's a lot uh sorry it it is. Like, i know sorry. it's just a lot wait what? all right so then in 1941 bob dylan was born 
Okay. 1944, Patti LaBelle was born. Okay. Okay. And then I know you won't know this person by her name because I didn't recognize her by her name. So in 1984, Sarah Hagen was born. And so I was like, who is that? Because in the parentheses, it said from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was like, excuse you. (laughs) I know everybody from Buffy. Buffy, who is she? So it turns out she was one of the new Slayers in season seven. She was when everybody thought it was Dawn. Dawn was a new Slayer, but no, it was her. And then you will know her from, she was also in Grey's Anatomy. She played like one of the first seasons, second or third season, maybe. She played the Orthodox, I think she was Jewish, Orthodox Jewish girl in the hospital who they had to figure out a different kind of heart to give her because she didn't want to have oh they didn't want to have the pig heart yes and everything yeah okay. so it's her birthday okay. today oh happy birthday this our events today are weird oh god i mean there's a lot to talk about with the events today so this is another one of those things that i didn't really think about until i saw this i'm like oh okay um in 1899 <laughs> on may 24th 1899 the first auto repair shop in the United States opened in Boston. Yeah, because where did you exactly go before that? Wait, what? Did your car just break down and you just got out and walked away? Okay, well, I guess that one's done. I need to go get a new one. <laughs> you recycle them. <laughs> you just leave it. And somebody comes upon it later. Wow, I never... Yeah, okay. Okay, so the first shop was called... Uh, Jeopardy trivia for tonight. Back Bay Cycle and Motor Company. So then in researching this, I had, I came across the first ever automobile race in the United States. Okay. It was, it was thrilling. It happened in How Wisconsin. How did they go? It happened in Wisconsin. Seven cars were registered. Only two actually were able to start. Okay. The injuries went from, I mean, the, the course was from, was 200 miles. Oh, right the vehicle from green bay because they were all places in green bay so the vehicle from green bay went faster but it broke down halfway through so the only one to finish the race was from oshkosh uh they finished the 200 mile course in 33 hours and 27 minutes (laughs) oh (laughs) that's some high speed edgier seat stuff oh my god 33 hours for 200 miles. They went about nine miles an hour. I was looking to see what, what, and when was this? It was in, hang on, 1875. <laughs> just nothing to do with the date today, but I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> that is really good. Okay, sorry. Continue on. Okay. So you remember our, um, last week we did Brown versus Board of Education. Was that just last week, week before that? We did it recently. Yeah. Then it happened in 1954. Yeah. In 1983, the Supreme Court rules government can deny tax breaks to schools that racially discriminated against students. So 30 years later. 30 years later. They're still discriminating. Wow. And the government and had to make a rule decided. about it. Yep. A, a rule about the rule. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's why our parents remember this happening. That was in 83? 83. Ryan was born in 84. So. That's crazy. (sighs) Okay. Less than 40 years ago. Okay. So this was not really a happy ending. I just thought it was really, I wanted to talk about it because it's interesting. So in 1989, Sonia Sutcliffe, who was the wife of the Yorkshire Ripper. Do you know who that is? Peter Sutcliffe? Yeah. Okay. Um, Was awarded 600,000 pounds in damages after winning a libel action against satirical magazine Private Eye. It was later reduced to 60,000 pounds on appeal. So what that 
what happened with that was that the magazine said that she was making financial deals with newspapers so she could profit from her husband's crime. And okay. they later said, like, they admitted they had made two errors in the article. And they're like, well, fix it. And she was like, no, that's not good enough. So I don't know. I think it's weird because they're, they're giving her a hard time for making profit from her husband's crimes. But isn't that kind of what they're doing? Uh, yeah. The people that write the magazine and the newspapers and stuff like that. Yeah. So and also, like, why why can't she? I don't feel like that's you got to think like like we always say, like there's more victims than the people that died. So, yeah. Why can't she get something? You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as she didn't have anything to do with it, you know, and there's right. no evidence that she did. You know, she she was never thought right, to have yeah, anything yeah, yeah. to do with it. But yeah, I of course, I've never been a, known anybody who's been a victim of a violent crime. So I wonder how I'd feel then. But yeah, I agree with you. Like her I mean, life has just ended the way it was. You know what I mean? Because if you're in a partnership with somebody and now they're in prison forever and, and i know alimony from prison i was about saying i know it seems callous but you have to figure out a financial solution to what Absolute, happened 100% you know you do yeah like, okay she's not gonna get insurance money because he goes to prison it's not like he died and she can you know can be taken care of you yeah i just I mean? thought yeah i thought that was interesting once again not really a happy ending on that one Support her decision good for her <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that made me so angry. I don't know why. I don't either. Oh, speaking of angry, you want to hear what made me angry today? Yeah. I got heated. So we were oh. watching the news. I was watching the news while Riley was in the bathtub and they were doing like a preview of what's coming on tonight. And they were like, tonight, uh, the voice comes on and the judges this week are whoever. I don't really remember. One person and Blake Shelton and Blake Shelton's wife, Gwen Stefani. Excuse you. Gwen Stefani was around a long time before Blake Shelton. It should be, and Gwen Stefani's husband, Blake Shelton. Or how about lead singer of No Doubt, Gwen Stefani. Multi-platinum award-winning artist, Gwen Stefani. Excuse you. Why are you yelling at me? Because I was so mad. I was so mad. And I just looked at my mom and was like, ooh, that made me a lot madder than I thought it would. <laughs> Why am I so angry about this? because they're diminishing her achievements down to being Blake Shelton's yeah. wife. Excuse you. Yeah, 100%. <sighs> okay. So who caught your eye this week? Um, It's more like, well, he kind of caught my eye too, I guess. More like caught my ear. Uh-huh. Rob Thomas. Again? I've been in such a crappy mood uh-huh. that I've just been all Matchbox 20-ish. Oh, Matchbox 20 You know what I mean? I do. And... <laughs> I feel so your sister. Thomas, Amen. <laughs> Rob Thomas and I have been bonding this week. Aww. While I cry on my three-hour drive to work every morning. Did you like my Iron Man? He's so uh, cute. Button thingy? Yes. So my car is the, you press the button mm-hmm. to start it. And so it fits over the that button thingy. So oh, 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 okay, it, okay. I go to start the car. I lift up his helmet and hit it. And then put his helmet back down. Oh, so happy! I just got it. I wonder if he's like, "Get off my face." <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Kids <laughs> ever said that? So, oh. um, what was I fixing to say? I'm such a doofus. Like when you did that, I thought that is such a weird place for a cigarette lighter. And <laughs> <laughs> didn't even question. I was like, "That's a weird spot," but okay, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I like how you're just like, "It's so cute. It's so cute." I don't know why your cigarette lighter's there, but all right. <laughs> Whatever. You're so pretty. <laughs> you do you, boo. Who caught your eye this week? So I haven't really watched anything this week. I've been reading a lot, but I did 
like on my Twitter feed and the Instagram feed, I've been seeing a lot of freestyle of Supreme tour stuff and <laughs> Jelly Donut's so cute. <laughs> his real name's Andrew Bancroft, but his like stage name is Jelly Donut. He's so cute. Is he super cute? He's adorable. They're all like every single person in Freestyle Love Supreme is attractive. Oh my gosh. I know. You're really gonna be irritated when we go see them because I'm just gonna be smacking you on on the arm and be like, look, there's your niece. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's Kai Zero Rosary. Oh <laughs> he is super cute. I know. He's got really good teeth. Eyes and teeth are the first thing I notice. Mm, okay. Okay. So that was our case for May 24th, 1994. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye. You don't have to leave space. <laughs> like, you can just talk. Yes, I do. Leave me alone. Mind your business. Okay. Okay, I gotta go now. Okay, love you, miss you, bye, maybe. Love, love you, miss you, bye, always. Yeah, but you always try to hang up without saying it. <laughs> I gotta go. Like, you were just fixing it. Excuse me. Wait a second. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta get up at like 4.30 in the morning. Love you. Miss you. Bye. Amen. Amen. Uh, Hallelujah. Bye. Bye. There's a Reddit user. Uh, I can't remember. I'll look it up and see if I can find it for you. There's somebody who does like these jokes. And his username is literally like not funny jokes by Jeff or jokes not funny by Jeff or something like that. Anyways, and his and his jokes are always hilarious. <laughs> and I can't remember his name, but I'm gonna find well, it. I and need I need to know what it is now. Um, bad jokes by Jeff. Bad jokes by Jeff. That's what it is. C E flat and G walk into a bar. They ask the bartender for a drink. The bartender says, sorry, we don't serve minors here. E-flat walks out while C and G have a fifth between the two of them. <laughs> Stop. I can't hear you. What? What did you say? Like, I couldn't hear any of that. Now I can hear you. When you said what, I could hear you. You can hear me now? Yeah, just fine. That was weird. It was like, your computer just censored you. <laughs> Finally, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Finally, something that censors me. Ah. But it's just on, our vo- on a video recording with me. Oh, crap. Right? <laughs> waiting for 34 years for this. Mouse rat. I found my first gray hair. Your first? I named her Alice. I have another bad joke by Jeff. Oh, please. A priest, a Baptist minister, and a rabbit walk into the Red Cross to donate blood. A rabbit? The nurse asks, what's your blood type? The rabbit says, I'm probably a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to say the F word or no? Yeah, if it's direct quote, yeah, we say it. Okay. Remember how stressed out I got? Sorry. Remember how stressed out I got the first time it popped up and I had to say it? (laughs) My mom listens to this. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is you as a dad. Oh, my gosh. This is you as a dad. Okay. The nurse hands a man his newborn and says, I'm sorry, but your wife didn't make it. He responds, well, give me the one my wife made. (laughs) (laughs) Bad jokes by Jeff. (laughs) He's hilarious. Who made this baby? <laughs> Why'd you give me this one? <laughs> you know how it like suggests 
suggest little articles for you on like your Google homepage. Yeah. That's one of the ones yeah. suggested for me. Best Chinese <laughs> restaurant in each state. I was like, you know me so well, Google. No one knows me like you do. <laughs> it's like the best Chinese restaurants. And then it was Hamilton tickets now on sale. And then it was <laughs> how much longer till Dragon Age 4. And it was uh, Black Widow star Scarlett J. I'm like, Google. Google. Oh, Google. Google, my bestie. Okay. Sorry, I was reading Bad Jokes by Jeff again. I'm sorry. All right, you guys. So that and was our kick. Stop it. <laughs> Are you guys? Oh. <laughs> Are you guys? So that was our case for May 24th, 1994. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. I called my friend just now and said, I have a joke for you. My friend. Okay. Shoot. Me. What has a tiny penis and hangs upside down? Friend. I don't know. What? Me. A bat. Okay. Now what has an enormous penis and hangs up? My friend. I don't know. What? Click. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's stupid that there is no word that rhymes with orange. Like, who who, who did that? Like, are they just purposefully not making words that rhyme with orange now? Like, is this a conspiracy? Oh, my God. <gasps> I've uncovered the secret of the Illuminati.